Welcome, this is Z. And this is Amy. And this is Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. Today we are going over the life of Lucretia Borgia and I'm actually, I'm really stoked for this particular bit of story time. We're shaking it up by not having a homework episode beforehand, but you can find all of our resources in the show notes if you're looking for a deeper dive than what we were able to verbalize today. Honestly, there is so much history involving the Borgia family that there's even, um, I saw a TV show. I saw that as well and I don't know why it never clicked but I've heard of I'd never watched it but I'd heard of it before yes and it also I I loved the series the tutors like Mm -hmm. loved it I also really loved the Mary Queen of Scots anyways I'm all about this kind of this era of yeah yes yes uh it's fun for me Amy do you do you feel like we're ready? I do feel like we're ready. I do have one, one question. So this, for those of you who are, you know, perpetual listeners of the podcast, our last episode was about Lydia Sherman. During that episode, we were talking about arsenic and Z mentioned that she thought arsenic should taste like tahine or you said Lucas. So as while we're talking about poison and tastes and we're getting ready to talk about poison i knew what tahine was but i was listening to the episode back today i have no idea what lucas is can you enlighten us because i can't be the only person who is still thinking like what is that it's terrible it is a (laughs) candy from like my childhood that you used to lick your hand it was like a tequila shot but without the tequila or the lime Essentially, it was nothing like it, okay? Um, okay? You lick your hand, you sprinkle said nastiness, and then you lick it. Like and it straight was like, sugar? No, this was, uh, you wished it was sugar. This was... Yeah. Like straight arsenic, so... Yeah, cool. it, was, it was very assaulting. People loved it. It's like warheads, but not like warheads at all. Okay, so don't think that that it's 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 like uh, it's like tahine, but it's not at all like tahine. I don't I I can't describe it, but it's like warheads where a, a particular kind of person is like, ooh, this sour that makes me want to you know cry my eyes off and vomit at the yeah. same time. This is it for me. This is my vibe. Whereas me, you know, I'm down to eat a raw jalapeno, but it, just Lucas is where I draw the line. Tahina, I'm a fan of. I feel like, no, they're not the same, but they're, they're similar. So it was. it's interesting because I know that you're a fan of tahine. And so then when you're like, it's like tahine or Lucas, and I'm like, I don't know what Lucas is. And I didn't want to look it up because I just really wanted to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> and I just Googled it after you told me what it was. And you can purchase it on Amazon. So I may have to buy some and try it just because now I'm curious of what it is. Okay. You have to film 100%. it and we'll put it we'll put it on the Patreon account for all of our Patreon peeps. They'll be able to view this video whenever you feel like it. 100%. And Ooh, I Chris has to do it too. That's what I was just going to say. I'm going to throw in a bonus. My husband, who is like a super baby about any kind of food at all, yes. he's like the blandest of bland. That's I'm going to make great. him try it too. So if you want to see that and you're not a Patreon, I will let you know when it drops. But other than that, 
I have nothing new other than I'm just super invested in the story and I'm so excited to get rolling. This episode, I feel like even though there's a lot of twists and turns, a lot of sad things, I still feel like this is probably our lightest episode so far, just because it's more of a story, I feel like, than a particular case. We started because a lot of people associate Lydia Sherman with Lucretia Borgia. And as we were doing research, we were like, hold up. Not really. Like they're, they make a lot of connections to these two women. But I think that Lucretia just got kind of like a bad rap. I feel like a lot of people cover this case and they're like, she's this wicked poisoner. And I just don't, uh, I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm team Lucretia. So let's, let's dive in. So let's start by taking it all the way back and kind of chatting a little bit about the Borgia family history to kind of set the scene. This episode will be about Lucretia, but you really can't talk about her without talking a little bit about her family. So the Borgia family was and still is a Spanish noble family. So they rose to like fame or prominence during the Italian Renaissance and they originated from Aragon. So there are four main players that we can talk about when it comes to their family. Alfonso de Borgia was the grandfather, like the beginning of the family. So he kind of established their influence in Italy and he became Pope in 1455. This story is really taking us back, taking us back to the 1400s. Alfonso became Pope in 1455, but his son, Rodrigo Borgia became a cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church and then later became Pope Alexander VI in 1492. So if you were raised Catholic or know much about the Catholic Church, Catholic priests cannot get married. Popes can definitely not get married. But this time we're talking about a different uh, a different time. So as Cardinal and Pope, Rodrigo fathered a number of children and he had one kind of main mistress, but I do uh, know he had a couple others, but his favorite mistress was the mother to a couple of, of his children. Four of them. And apparently this wasn't as big of a deal as it would be now. So right. like popes and chancellors were not expected to have mistresses and children at the same time it was like shh it's okay we won't tell we all do it it's all a thing we just pretend to be very pious pious or unpious uh he ended up having four children with this mistress cesar borgia who is like the son was super politically powered him and his dad pope alexander the sixth or rodrigo were kind of the main pushers of a lot of these political deals and different things. So Lucretia was born in um, 1480 and she was, I think she was his only daughter. During the reign of Alexander VI, there were a lot of different crimes that were suspected of him, of his family, with really just a wide array. Adultery, incest, theft, bribery, murder. There murders were specifically poison related which is where i think lucretia started to get her bad rap and i read a lot of really interesting things about the poison that they created the poison that they made they had an entire area in their like chambers where they would create these poisons 
So they did a lot of different things when it came for reaching for power. And in this day and age, a lot of that was kind of joining two families. Lucretia was married off very young. She was actually 11 years old when she got engaged for the first time too. The the Lord of, I don't know, some minor nobleman, insert man's name here. Then a couple months later, they were like, nah, 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 he's not it. They decided on another guy. But then when her dad became Pope, they were like, nope, he's not good enough either. So at 11, she was already getting auctioned off to help her family gain more power. And yes, um, I, I think I remember seeing that she was his only daughter as well, which would make this even more of an important marriage uh, right. for him because this is the only way essentially that he has... I mean, he has the same control if he, like, marries off his sons, but it's it's not the same. It's definitely a different union almost because then whoever she marries becomes kind of like, you know, the man is the head of the house. So, like, he becomes the higher power of the relationship in this, especially in this kind of, like, time period. Now, one thing that was really hard for me to wrap my head around was, you know, her being married off at 11 for the first time. But, you know, we have to remember that at this point in time, you know, that's not that young for this time. I mean, people don't live that long. You know, this is kind of normal, but 11 is still pretty young. It was less of a marriage and more of like a business deal. So she marries this minor nobleman. And then like Z had mentioned, there was a lot of different like trade-ups that started happening. And she ended up actually being married three times. But she was successfully married off at 13 again to a man who was 26. His um, his name was Giovanni and he was made a duke. And then he was like the head of a lot of their like army situations. It was not a happy marriage. Within four years, Lucretia was like, I got to get out of this. And she starts kind of talking to her dad and saying like, this is it. Like, I can't be married to this guy anymore. In early 1497, Lucretia and Giovanni separated and Because of this, obviously, Giovanni's not happy. So um, in a political move, he moves back to France and becomes, um, he's decided to back a French candidate to become the king of Naples. So this kind of starts a feud between their two families and Alexander VI sends him out. So in an attempt to preserve Lucretia's chastity, Alexander argued that Giovanni was impotent but shortly after they were separated, Lucretia is pregnant. That's probably not the case, uh, unless she was having an affair with somebody else. Eventually, Giovanni agreed to the annulment, saying that he was impotent. He did this in exchange for keeping part of the dowry, which was given to him for marrying Lucretia. So again, this is again just kind of like a business deal. This starts a rumor that Lucretia was sleeping with her father and one of her brothers. This reportedly came from Giovanni. And so I think because of where a lot of these rumors about her being this evil woman who was doing all of these things kind of starts like they're in these kind of backdoor, really political deals. But you're also dealing with really young, immature people who like, I mean, imagine being in high school or middle school and getting married and then you get a divorce and you're like, oh, yeah, well, they did X, Y, Z. And whether that's true or not, now there's these, you know, the kind of cycle of this family's incestuous and this family is kind of sleeping together. 
enemies of the influential family kind of really soaked up those rumors. And this kind of starts all of these rumors that Lucretia's just kind of this like loose woman kind of just sleeping with everybody and anybody, including her dad. So keep in mind that all of this is unfolding. Girls had a messy life so far. She was engaged at 11. She was married off at 13. Now she's 17 and she's getting a divorce. She needs a vacation. So she books it to a convent where she's really trying to kind of get a break. She wants the quiet. She wants to be out of the public eye. I just kind of envision them as being like this paparazzi chased 1400s family, you know? <laughs> so she's like really escaping away. Like somebody's and coming after her on horseback. They found me. Right, like they're like drawing her like as they're writing, you know, because they don't have cameras. So really, this just fuels more rumors. Like she's gone, but now she's made this mysterious trip and nobody knows why. So soon after, Lucretia settles in to the convent. The body of her alleged lover was found in the in a river along with a chambermaid. So it just kind of gets worse. So whether or not he's her lover, her, she's having an affair with him, it is perceived by the public that this is what's happened. Dude's found in a river with a chambermaid. So not really sure what's going on with that. So kind of to explain the mystery, a lot of people were like, well, she obviously went to the convent to have a secret love child. But honestly, it's more likely that her brother had them killed as the affair would have damaged any negotiations for another marriage. So if they had found out that Lucretia had actually had a, a lover, it would have made it harder for them to marry her off another time. Cause you know, they've annulled the first marriage and now they're working on more political gain. So they really kind of want to get that going. And Cesar, who is her brother, just really sounds like a super, just shysty dude. So he's, he's already working to get her married off again. So during this time, rumors are also spread, suggesting that a child born at this time was Lucretia's. Do you think that if this was her kid, it was her affair? Or do you think that it was her ex-husband? Pull, just like fast pull off the top of your head. Fast pull, I think it was her ex-husband. See, I think it was the lover and that's why he was found dead in the river house divided man i think it was her ex-husband because i really do think i mean maybe she was having an affair maybe that was the case but i also think that the lover could have been killed also to make it look like he was the lover like he was the the child the father of the love child because they're trying to spread rumors that dude's impotent if okay, you kill okay. this guy, it looks like, oh, yeah, he's the dad, but really. Also, fun fact about that dude, her ex-husband, Giovanni, who also is the name of her, her brother. That was weird looking it up. Also, right. fun fact. Giovanni, her ex-husband, also the name of her brother, but this is her ex-husband that we're talking right. about. His ex-wife, before Lucretia, had died in childbirth. So how are you going to go around telling everybody, hey, yeah, you know, I can't father children, but right. you have, in fact, had one of your wives die in childbirth. That just is all around right. doesn't seem like a solid plan for the Borges. Right. And shortly after their divorce is when, like, if this is lining up, that this that she would have become pregnant. 
So I really think that it was a lot of like, cover your tracks, cover your tracks, cover your tracks. Okay. Okay. So shortly after Lucretia goes to the convent, she gets word that her brother Giovanni is missing. But not only is he missing, he also is found stabbed multiple times. So according to some, it could have been prevented because some people believe that Lucretia's ex-husband Giovanni is who arranged for the brutal attack and that if the Borgias hadn't dogged him big time by making him say that he's impotent, would her brother have still been alive? Nobody knows, but that Giovanni, the brother Giovanni, is stabbed potentially by or caused by the ex-husband. I'm pretty sure none of these are helping with the rumors that are already circulating about her sex life. So, you know, her right. dead possible lover and then her ex-husband maybe stabbing her husband that also has the same name that's weird um, and that's also not weird maybe that's she's, just confusing for them and also maybe she's sleeping with her dad and maybe a brother oh yeah so yeah. here's all these other extra things kind of chucked in there exactly and there are some other really strange rumors that we're gonna circle around to at the end because they didn't really fit into the timeline of everything but yeah those are that's just like the top of the iceberg in regards to rumors that are happening yeah also it is strange to me if her love child if it was her Mm -hmm. child with her ex-husband or with her the guy she was having an affair with after at the convict if 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 it wasn't fact her kid she named that kid Giovanni which like so you have I guess she named the child after her brother but that was also her ex-husband's name I just can't I that doesn't make sense to me at all like if I'm not going to name a child after my ex-husband even if it is my brother's name that's weird I that's a no right I'm gonna pick a different name because I don't want that to be connected but also does that securely mean that that's his kid then because she straight up was like here's junior okay so here we go she had a second marriage to a wealthy young prince which allowed them to form another alliance with a powerful family this prince's name was alfonso awkwardly he was a little too close to Recrusha because he wasn't just the king of Naples' secret sign, but he was also Lucretia's brother-in-law. So not at all blood-related. Well, maybe blood-related. I don't know. But not at all from that connection, at least. That would not be how they could be blood-related. So, again, just to sum it up, because it's always my favorite one. It's like, my brother's grandpa's uncle's favorite. Um, Squirrel Cody's girlfriend said, okay, so it it was her brother's wife's brother. Her brother-in-law. Right, yeah, her brother-in-law. That makes sense. But this family tree is so twisted, it's so hard to, like, wrap your brain around it. So then she became pregnant with a child between the two of them in 1499, but sadly she miscarried. Um, They were able to quickly conceive again, and they gave birth to their son. However, this relationship didn't end up lasting very long either. Caesar wished to strengthen his relationships with France and completely break with the kingdom of Naples. As Alfonso's father was the ruler of the kingdom of Naples, he was in danger. The first attempt to murder him didn't succeed. So he was like climbing up the stairs of the Vatican and these people dropped down from the roof, like Kim Possible style with like the 
you know the 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 cords that you always see in bank robbery yes like a fucking heist and they're like ah, dun 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 nah, nah. okay so that's to set the scene no these he was straight up though walking up the stairs to the vatican and these dudes jump out and there were like 10 dudes and they stabbed him they were like stab 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 so but his own servants found him, took him away. Like, we got you. They're nursing him back to hell. Nobody's allowed to see him because Lucretia's like, hey, I'm the only person that can come in. But he ends up being strangled in his bed anyways. Two attempts at murder, one successful, one obviously not successful. This, of course, bolstered more of the incest rumors, which I don't understand, but I understand. I guess people's train of thought is, hey, all these men are coming up dead around this family. Her father and brother sees these men as, yes, they need her to be married to further their political and religious agendas. But at the end of the day, that's a man between them and their womans. You know, is that I, I guess that's how it's. It's weird to me that this, like, fueled incest rumors to begin with, though. Like, I don't know how that's just, somebody's like, you know what? I don't like you, so I'm going to tell all my friends that you slept with your dad. That's not nice. And your brother. That's not nice. That's rude. Don't do that to your friends. Don't do that to people you don't like either. Just, like, I don't know. Be better at them and their favorite thing. And then you'll always have that. Back to the timeline. Then her illegitimate baby also pops up right around this time and the parents were never officially disclosed like who's the mom who's the dad some of the rumors going around is like is this pope alexander's kid with his daughter is this an incest child is this her and her brother regardless she acknowledges this new mystery baby as her half brother and from there on they were like really close grew up very closely together After Alexander's death in 1503, Caesar affected the choice of the next pope. He needed a candidate who wouldn't threaten his plans. So his candidate didn't become pope, but the pope that was elected died a month after selection. He was then forced to support a cardinal that promised Caesar that Caesar could keep all of his titles and honors. But later he betrayed him. And became, like, one of his fiercest enemies. And, uh, yeah, so this is somebody that he thought he was able to entrust his friendship with. And he was like, nah, bro, I'm a bad friend. So, also around this time, Lucretia is married to her third and final husband, who was also named Alfonso. Stop it. Stop it. They're all the same names. It was very confusing. Amy and I had to stop for a minute a second ago and chat about the husbands. And I had to stare at their names like four different times. And also I kept getting confused with, are we talking about her brother or are we talking about her husband? Weird fact that has literally nothing to do with this case. My mom's name is Yvonne and my dad's sister's name was also Yvonne. So we're fucking weird too. I always think that's really confusing when, number one, people marry somebody with, like, the same name as, like, their parent. And number two, when somebody marries somebody and they both have the same, like, name. Ooh, yeah. Or, like, when it's Christopher and Christina, vomit. Get out of here. Go back to your Barbie dream house. Like, get out of here. I feel like that's too similar. Like, I'm sorry, true love. I can't marry you because your name is the same as mine. So either change your name or we're over. Your name's not Amelia. 
it's straight up Amy. You're no, not called it's him. Just straight up Amy. Yeah. So it would be like, yeah, if it was Suzette and Yvette, like, no, gross for me. Or, or like, rhyming? yes. Yeah. Or Amy and Amelia. No. Right. Too close. Or Amy and Adam. That's a no. Okay. So yeah, he has the same name. His name's Alfonso. And he is Duke of Ferreria. It took a large dowry to get this guy to secure their marriage because of her reputation. She was super reluctant to marry again, telling her father that husbands had been very unlucky. But they ended up having eight children together. Her marrying him, I mean, yes, they ended up having eight kids together. It sounds like it took a lot of work to, like, get them married. But she ends up actually getting some good separation between herself and her father at this point. She moves away. And then he died, which was probably just the nail in the coffin. Good. Now she right. finally has to weight off her shoulder. Dad is dead or not brothers are still around so that's like she gets separation from the family which is good she lived a life of freedom basically with her husband and her children um due to the space between her family like amy just said unfortunately she had like some really difficult pregnancies and she lost several children after birth which just i I'm somebody who has had three miscarriages and anytime I read or interact with somebody who has multiple children that they've lost, that is such, it is such a hard thing to go through. Maybe it was a little, I mean, it's still common now to have a miscarriage. Um, You're not alone if you have one. I'm sure lots of your friends have had one and would love to chat with you about, you know, whatever you're feeling towards that. But I think at the time it was like, it was more common to have difficulties in pregnancy um definitely more common to have children that died very early on and she ultimately ended up dying in 15 19 10 days after she gave birth to her last child isabella maria who also died shortly like shortly that day she was buried in a tomb with Isabella and Alfonso. And you know what? It, I should have looked up which Alfonso. Is this her, probably that husband, right? I'm assuming the most recent Alfonso is where <laughs> she's being buried with. But this is yeah. where a lot of people draw parallels between Lydia Sherman. Because if you've listened to the Lydia Sherman case, she also had a lot of children. Also had a lot of miscarriages and stillborn children. And so what I think is unfortunate about these two women, even though I think we've all established Lydia Sherman is a piece of human garbage, she murdered a lot of her kids via poisoning. I think that they're kind of playing those two things as the same, like, oh, well, you've had a lot of miscarriages, you're a poisoner, you're a poisoner too. But I don't think that there's anything with Lucretia I don't think she's a poisoner at all. I think she was just a victim to a lot of her father and her brother's issues. But I think because the two cases are torn together, I think a lot of those similarities are like, oh, yeah, but they both had all these kids. But I'm like, "Mm -mm, different thing, different thing altogether. It it makes me angry that people Mm -hmm. would put them together just because Lydia had a ton of kids who she fucking murdered versus this woman who ultimately ultimately ended up dying due to childbirth related injuries and who had multiple, multiple miscarriages and multiple stillbirths. And you're going to say that that's the same. Like I will fight you. You will literally catch these hands. Like nothing makes me more angry than like hearing that. 
it's sure. frustrating it's rude it's not nice everybody who's thought that should apologize right now out loud stop what you're doing (laughs) say i'm sorry immediately exactly so she was rumored to be a notorious poisoner and she became famous for her skill at political intrigue but mainly people recently have been looking at her in a more sympathetic light and uh the general consensus is that she's probably a victim overall to you know her family's bills and wants or whatever Right. So she's just a pawn. She's just a pawn in their game. And I, I believe that. But looking at the poison side of things, this family had some pretty fancy poisoning going on. So whether she was involved in that or not, there's some talent, some talent in the poison in this family. I read something. This is disgusting, but I'm going to say it out loud because I love you guys and this and we're all friends. They would poison a pig and then they would take the foam from the pig's mouth and save it and use that to poison people with. They would also use these things that they called poison balls that you would like put in a fireplace. And then when people would start a fire, it would like cause fumes and it would poison the people (gasps) in the house. I mean, these are not just like sprinkle a little arsenic in your soup. They were straight up slaughtering people. Here's some poison in this ring. Let me just know. This is like crazy creative poison. Points for creativity. Speaking of poison rings, there's been no evidence to suggest that she ever used such rings. I mean, that does make me a little sad. But also there's no evidence to suggest that she didn't. Oh, (laughs) What now? Maybe she did. (laughs) But it could. I mean, if you think about, like, you look up at, like, old-timey, like, Pope. Like, if you're looking at, like, a movie or whatever, her dad could very easily have also been wearing a poison ring. Or her brother. For sure. For sure. And that was a thing because people were real smelly, right? So a lot of times there would be opiates hidden in their their ring that has nothing to do with people being smelly that just had to do with them wanting to do drugs on the street while they were walking around but then some other people's would keep like an oil so then they could like sniff when they're around like stinky humans and then they even had a lot of like a more grotesque type jewelry where you would open it up and it would be like a lock of your loved one's hair but the the ring would also be in the shape of like a coffin or something like (laughs) yeah they made some weird stuff back there and as like death jewelry that you wore a lot but uh, again there was there was nothing to actually there's no evidence to suggest that that is how she poisoned people but that is the biggest thing with lacrosha is that people think that she wore this poison hollow ring No, and just like everything else, they're like, no, she did it. And really, it was probably her stupid brother. Man, brothers suck, right? We both have little brothers. Yeah, (laughs) and my little brother is the worst. He would totally say that a poison ring was mine when it was really his. 100%. I mean, my little brother might. It just kind of depends on the day. I don't know. But I would totally not put it past my brother to actually own a poison ring. Not for poison, but like, I don't know, just because he would want one. I don't think he poisons people, but... He probably has a lot of secrets he hides in a ring, I would think. <laughs> I hope he's there's listening not, to this. He, he might be. So there's not there's not that much room for a lot of secrets. It's in true in a tiny poison ring. Where are you going to keep all those secrets? I don't know. Okay, despite her scandalous lineage, Lucretia was kind of a nerd. 
She was fluent in Spanish and French, as well as a handful of other languages. This sounds like fancy. But at the time, this was a no-go. The church believed if you educate a woman, that's it. She's the devil now. But what's also interesting about that is that she became like almost like her father's like office manager Mm -hmm. where she was like in charge of all of these things, which at that time women were not allowed to do that. Exactly. Which is where another rumor actually came from. So yes. So she became the governor of something or other that I don't want to try to pronounce. And in addition to her official duties that she performed, it was rumored that Pope Alexander, her father tasked her with the duty of managing his orgies. If your dad ever asks you to do that, go find an adult. Yeah, it's a no for me. Go call somebody else's dad, you know? <laughs> your I'm- dad cannot be trusted any longer. Run away. No, for real. Like, I mean, there's one thing if your dad is like, yo, make sure don't nobody comes in this, like, locked door. Okay. I mean, ugh. The way that, of course, the rumors made it sound was basically like she was sitting in the background with some popcorn. Like, yeah, get it. She's like posting it on her Instagram stories, (laughs) y'all. Selfie. (laughs) Hashtag uh, Orgy Wednesday. (laughs) I don't know. Like, (laughs) Gross. Gross. But yeah, she was tasked to help with a lot of things outside of the orgies. <laughs> well, and she and that was, was given weird. a lot of like responsibility. And at that time, like a lady can't handle those things. So like there was never. So it's interesting that like her dad knows this, like, you know, he's of the time and culture. So he knows women shouldn't be trusted to do these things. But he still was like, this is your job. So that to me is another really interesting piece. And I would like to just ask him like, hey, dude. Why, why you do that? Just curious. I think I told you earlier, and I think this is like the last thing that I personally have before I'm ready to wrap up the case, but it was like really hard for her to get married the third time. So she had to pay like a bunch of money, right? Um, as a dowry. Her dad also paid a medical practitioner to attest that Lucretia was a virgin. And she had already had her son, remember, with the other Alfonso. So she was forced to leave him behind. Yeah, so that was also part of the rumors that, like, because obviously if you're like, yo, I'm a virgin, here's my son that I birthed out of my vahoo um, with my ex-husband. Like, that's, like, that's not, that doesn't back your virginity story that your dad lied and paid people off to get. Good old grandpa's just, like, kicking you aside, kid. Yeah, and then you just have to leave your son behind. I don't think she had much of a choice. I think her dad was like, jump or you die. And she was like, well, I guess I'll jump then. Like, I really, I think that she was rebellious in her own ways. So, like, she laughed and chatted with one of her girlfriends through church. And that was, like, scandalous, you know? So, I, and also she was smart. And she made sure that she was educated herself. She involved herself in politics and things that weren't, like, necessarily normal and that were a little rebellious. Um, but um, at the same time, like, I don't think that anything that she did as a human was necessary, except for maybe going to the convent for five seconds to chill out. I don't think anything she ever did was of her own free will. I don't think she was ever like, you know, what would be great right now is if I got married for a third time. Or like, you know, what would right. be great is if my dad you know, had another orgy that I had to set up the, the chair facilitate and arrangements for, you know, like maybe the, the lover that was murdered, maybe that was of her own volition. That would be mm. nice. A little bit of a yeah. 
you to her brothers and all but that. Then they killed him. Right, but so I mean, I just think it's really hard because I do think there's so many parallels. Lydia Sherman happened after Lucretia Borgia, so Lydia Sherman was Obviously, later in history. Yeah. There are a lot of parallels that are drawn there, like the miscarriages, the multiple husbands, all of those things. But where the difference is here, yes, there is poisoning happening, but I think that is more of a like soprano style political gain versus like she's just poisoning people. And I do think if she was poisoning people, it was probably because her dad is saying, you poison this person mm-hmm. or I'm going to murder you because you are of no good to me unless you do all the things that I tell you to do. So I just think that it is not, it's not her fault. So that's the back scene story of Lucretia Borgia, which I think is so interesting because I do feel like there's a lot of podcasts and other different articles and things that tell a very different tale of her life. And I almost feel like we are like telling the wicked style version of the Wizard of Oz. Like this is like, okay. I've seen that show like six or seven times. It's like, yeah, it's a big, my family and I normally go once a year, basically until the pandemic hit. So fuck you, coronavirus. She's like the wicked witch of the story. Like she might have done some bad things, but she did it because she had to. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. We're making she was forced here, to. Folks. Totally. Yeah. She literally, she was forced to. That's that's my end all be all at the end of this. And again, it just, it makes me so it makes me want to punch babies in the face. I promise I won't t- I won't punch a baby in the face. But like it it just true. if you have one, you see me on the street like it's a phrase. But Don't it makes me Lucretia around me because I'll punch your baby. That's exactly 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 no for real. I'll come after you with these hands. No, but it makes me want to punch babies that people put her and Lydia on the same thing because she had like 800 miscarriages and lost her children that way and abandoned one, which sucks, but like also, okay. Um, And yet Lydia- Abandoned by force. Versus murder your whole family three times. Three different times. Not just one family, but several families. And then just kept running and then went to jail and then ran again. So I don't know that I don't know that I'm convinced that there are any similarities other than they both had some some personal issues. There are so many characters throughout history, though, that are that are like modeled after Lucretia. They refer to her as the femme fatale, which like, you know, if you there's a lot of different like characters where, you know, there's this strong woman in history and now she's immediately just like murdering all these people. And I think that if she's watching those things right now, wherever she is in this universe, she's probably pretty pissed. I would, I would be. be flattered that people still remembered my name. I would be a little upset, but then also at the same time, if anybody wants to tell my story as this like badass manipulative like get shit done um might poison people in my spare time because don't fuck with me kind of a person that's okay you can describe me as that once I die I'll I'll be okay with it if even if you want to like I that sounds badass to me I mean not that killing people is badass right that okay but the way that people talk about her is that she's like this badass woman that's okay with me I could be known like that I mean I would be pissed at some of the things but overall, I think I'd be like, wow, they still remember me. And it's been 85 centuries later. 
Right. Like the sleeping with my dad and brother, Ugh. I don't know if I want to be remembered for that, yeah. but the rest of the stuff, I'm into it. She may have just been a casualty of her family as well as anybody else who kind of fell victim to that political powerhouse that they were. That's our tale today. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us chat. This story was fun to do. I thought it was a good one to cover. It was a little bit different. Um, Let us know what you think. Uh, Send us a DM uh, on our shared Instagram account over at CurseWordsAndCrans. Or you can email us at CurseWordsAndCrans at gmail.com. And, of course, go sign up for our Patreon. Keep an eye out for that Lucas video because it's coming. (laughs) I'm stoked. (laughs) I feel so bad for Chris, but also, like, I'm gleefully, like, (laughs) knowing what's coming for him. Know what he's getting himself into. He has no idea. Depending on how well it goes, we may make it a family affair. I might make my children. (laughs) We'll just see. We will see. So, as always, go to our Patreon for behind-the-scenes notes and access to our new Discord channel, which I'm so pumped about. Please come talk to us. Other than that, have a great day. Be kind to each other. Don't poison anyone today. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.